Hi everyone, my name is the Senator and I'm crazy about books. I love reading them aloud, but my brothers can only sit still for about 20 seconds before they just run off or start screaming and wrestling. So I've decided to share my love of reading with you guys. I hope that you enjoy. Greetings, podcast listeners. It is now time for Keeper of the Lost Cities, Chapter 27. Chapter 27. Everyone excited for midterms? Dame Melina's projection chirped. Sophie locked her legs to keep her knees from banging together as Dame Melina continued in her annoyingly cheerful voice. Your thinking caps are in your lockers, and remember, anyone found without one for the rest of the day will be disqualified for cheating. Is that clear? She waited until everyone nodded. Good. Have a fun have fun with midterms. The chorus of groans echoed through the air as Dame Melina flashed away and everyone left for exams. Sophie froze, too terrified to move. Dex pulled her toward the atrium. Will you relax? We've been practicing nonstop for a week. You're ready. She nodded, afraid that if she spoke, her voice would tremble. Her hands shook as she slipped on the thinking cap from her locker. The white cloth wrapped around her head and hung in a point. She glared at her reflection. I look like a smurf. The thick fabric consisted of almagium metals made to dull telepathic abilities and preserve the integrity of the exams. But the second she concentrated, she could feel Dex's voice rushing through her mind like a blast of air. So it didn't really work on her. She wasn't surprised. Well, here goes nothing. She forced a smile before stumbling down the hall on shaky legs. She wrote an extensive essay on the human betrayal for elven history, named more than 100 stars in the universe, and won the mind over matter debate with Sir Faxon in metaphysics. Tiergan was so amazed that the thinking cap had no effect on her, he gave her an automatic 100%. But her harder exams were after lunch, and alchemy was up first. Thinking about it made her stomach twist in ways that couldn't be natural. Lady Alexine allowed last-minute studying in detention, so Sophie spent the time mentally repeating Dex's purification tips. "'Will you chill?' Keefe whispered. He waved the air like he was trying to fan away her negative vibes. "'You're starting to stress me out. Aren't you nervous?' "'Nah, I'm awesome at tests. Photographic memory.' Sophie's eyes widened. "'You too? You have photographic memory? Then what are you freaking out about?' Because it doesn't help as much as you think. Sure it does. How do you? Th- how else do you think I got a year ahead? It sure wasn't my worth at work ethic. You're a year ahead? She never realized he was younger than Fitz. Yep, it's my big claim to fame. I skipped level one, kind of like you. I didn't skip it, I missed it. Same thing. It wasn't, but she didn't have time to argue. The bells chimed at the end of lunch. For a second, she wasn't sure if she'd been able be able to get up. Keefe pulled her to her feet. This means it's time to go, and in case you in case you didn't realize. Seriously, Foster, you have to relax. You're gonna make yourself sick. I feel sick, she admitted, wobbling. He jerked away. Thanks for the warning. No need to share that feeling. Look, I'm not good at the serious supportive thing, but trust me, you're gonna be fine. How do you know? He grinned. I have a feeling you can do pretty much anything you put your mind to. 
So stop doubting yourself and go prove me right. You know, so I can brag about it. She couldn't help smiling. Thanks. She took a deep, calming breath, squared her shoulders, and ordered her legs to walk. Mercifully, they obeyed. Lady Galvin was still setting up when she entered the room. Sophie's heart stalled when she saw the deep magenta berries and the rusty iron key. Lady Galvin may be giving Sophie the easiest discipline, but she certainly hadn't chosen an easy project. Does the cap even work on you? Lady Galvin asked, her eyes boring into Sophie's. Sophie shook her head, not quite brave enough to speak the words. Will you be picking the secrets out of my brain, then? She shook her head again. Why should I believe you? She cleared her throat and poised, forced her mouth to work. I want to pass on my own. Lady Galvin stared at her for a second before she blinked. You must purify the Iron King using only ruckleberries. You have 55 minutes. I suggest you get started. Ruckleberries were nasty, stinky little berries that brought out the impurities on the surface of metal. They also made your skin wrinkle like an elderly human's if any of the juice got on you, and you'd smell like feet all day. So most alchemists use other meth methods to purify metal. But it was the assignment. Sophie had no choice but to dive in and do her best. Her palms were so sweaty, it was hard to hold the knife as she pierced the first berry and dribbled the juice on the key. She tried to work slow and careful, but a few drops still ended up on her pinky, making it look crinkled and haggard, and the glacial paste made her run out of time. Only three quarters of the key had turned the gleaming black color she was going for, but she hoped it was enough. Lady Galvin's face was unreadable when she turned it in, and she glared at Sophie's wrinkled pinky points would clearly be deducted. Sophie finished out the day with a decent essay on ogres for multi-special multi studies and a mediocre performance on her last two exams. Her, challenge went, her channeling went well in physical education until Lady Alexine ran back and forth through the walls and broke her concentration. And she managed to bottle three different clouds in elementism, but it took four tries to bottle a whirlwind and the bottle had a crack from the pressure. Sir Connolly didn't look impressed when she handed it in. Completely exhausted, she trudged back to the atrium to meet Dex. Well, that was brutal, he whined, slamming his locker closed. How'd it go for you? She slumped against the wall. I did the best I could. I guess you can't ask for more than that. He tried to smooth his wild hat hair. You staying home tonight? No, Grady and Edeline are taking me shopping. Whoa. That'll be the first time they've gone out in public together since, you know. She did know. Grady and Edeline hadn't left the house together since Jolie died. Sophie told them they didn't have to, but Grady insisted. Foxfire tradition held that at the end of midterms, all prodigies hung up their thinking cap, hung their thinking caps upside down from hooks on their lockers. The next day, everyone filled each, each other's hats with presents and opened them while their parents met with the mentors to find out their grades. Sophie's legs felt weak just thinking about it. She loved the idea of presents hanging out and hanging out with her friends, but having Grady and Adeline know if she'd failed before she did sent chills down her spine. Why couldn't elves send out report cards like human schools? Are you going shopping tonight? She asked Dex. Nope. My parents think it's too much of a hassle to take off all four of us, and they can never find a babysitter for the triplets. Bitterness edged into his voice. But don't worry, he nudged her arm. I already made your present. You made my present? 
At first, she was touched, but then she thought about it. Wait, it's not some solution that's going to turn my hair green, is it? Dex flashed a slightly evil grin. I guess you'll have to wait and see. Grady and Edeline took Sophie to Atlantis. She hadn't been there since the day Alden and Fitz brought her, the day her human life ended, and she still hadn't figured out how to feel about any of that. She'd been with the elves a little more than three months now, and she'd come a long way, but she still had a long way to go. Passing her midterms was the biggest obstacle. She glared at her wrinkled pinky. How many points would she lose for that mistake? And how many more for not finishing? Grady squeezed her shoulder when he caught her tugging out an eyelash. Try to stop stressing, Sophie. We're here to have fun, not worry about grades. She was tempted to point out that Grady and Adeline looked a lot more stressed than she did. Their shoulders were rigid, their jaws set, and Adeline had deep shadows under her eyes. But they were making a huge sacrifice for her. The least she could do was enjoy herself. It took seven stores to find suitable gifts for all her friends. And with each store, Grady and Edeline looked more strained. The worst was the jewelry store. The woman who ran the shop remembered them. Apparently, they used to come in all the time to buy new charms for a charm bracelet, which had obviously belonged to Jolie. Sophie took Edeline's hand. Edeline jumped. Then her eyes welled with tears and she squeezed Sophie's hand and didn't let go. Grady took Sophie's other hand, and they walked that way for the rest of the night. When they got home, Grady stopped her on her way to her room. I'm glad you came to live with us, Sophie. It's... His mouth formed a word, then changed it to a different one. It's nice. I'm glad I live here, too, she whispered. He cleared his throat. Big day tomorrow. Better get some sleep. Good night, Grady. Even though she was terrified about her exam grades... She fell asleep believing that everything was going to be okay. Okay, that's it for today, folks. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.